0: Welcome back to Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Bry the Comic Book Guy. You can follow me on Instagram at Bri the Comic Book Guy to see all the comics featured in each podcast episode. In today's episode, we're going to be covering one of Batman's darkest moments. It's called Death in the Family. The issues we're going to be covering are Batman 426 through 429. Now, this was huge in a few ways. One, uh that was the first Bat family character to die, and the fate of Robin was also left to the readers. We'll cover that once we get into the middle of the storyline. And since this is one flowing story in the same title, I'm just gonna summarize all the events and not cover each individual issues. We start out where Batman and Robin are trailing a gang of thugs, a typical Batman style. Robin rushes in to attack when Batman says to wait. Batman's inner monologue is going back and forth about how Jason jason Todd is Robin at the time, and he's been very angry and impulsive lately, and the interaction with the thugs prove it. Against Batman's wishes, Robin jumps right in and starts knocking these guys out. Batman jumps in and helps him, as always, since he's Batman. But after the fight, Batman scolds him for not listening or waiting, and he shrugs it off like it's just some kind of game. Back at Wayne Manor, they are having a little bit more of an argument about it. Batman confronts him, and he tells him he's suspended from active duty until he can relax and calm down a little bit and deal with some inner demons. Now, a little bit of a backstory with this. He's still dealing with the fact that both of his parents are dead, and he's kind of an orphan, and that was sort of why Batman took him in and started training him to be Robin and everything. Jason doesn't take too kindly of this, and he ends up running away. He ends up going into his old neighborhood. It's a little rundown part of Gotham City. Uh, he ends up going past his old apartment building where his parents lived before uh, they passed on. And one of his old neighbors invites him into her apartment says that she found a box of his belongings. He's really excited about this, so he ends up finding this box and goes through it, mementos, pictures, and everything. But he ends up finding a birth certificate, his birth certificate. But he's shocked to find out when he sees his mother's name. Now, it had been sitting in a box and it had some water damage. It has his father's name on it, but his mother's name, who uh, believed to be named Catherine was not actually on the birth certificate. Under the mother's name, it was a blurred out word, with the first letter was S. So now he doesn't know what to do. Now he's reeling of how does he even go about finding his mom in all of this, his real mom. But uh, you work with Batman, so you use the bat computer to find out who this lady's supposed to be. Well, after he starts digging for a little bit, he narrows it down to three choices. The lady's name is Sharman Rosen, who's now living abroad as an Israeli, an Israeli uh, undercover agent. Shiva Wusan, who ends up being a, a Batman villain, called by the name Lady Shiva, uh, and a lady named Dr. Sheila Haywood, who's working at a triage hospital in Ethiopia. Now, Jason, who is Bruce Wayne's ward, has access to Bruce's credit card, so naturally he can go on a traveling spree, as most people wouldn't be able to. He pulls out this credit card, Bruce Wayne's name on it, and he's his ward, so therefore he can use his credit cards. So he hops on a plane and starts flying overseas. Now, while all of this is going on, Joker breaks out from Arkham Asylum for like the millionth time. But this time he tells one of his thugs that he's going to go abroad. He takes him into a warehouse with a nuclear missile, in a truck, in the launcher and everything. He says that it's too hot to do this in the United States, so they're going to take it on a plane, but they have to take it apart first. So as you can imagine, Joker and one guy, off, off panel, taking apart a nuclear missile launcher. That is just one of the little humorous things that are involved in Batman's uh, storylines when you have the Joker involved. Is just the weirdest things could happen. So Batman gets on the trail of this nuclear missile, and he hops on a plane, and he ends up going overseas too. But he ends up in the same town and rubbing in the Jason Todd. Turns out Charmin, one of the ladies on his list, is hanging out with one of Joker's associates. So after Jason tells Bruce what's going on, they both decide to work together, and they'll follow the trail together, so they go through the Middle East. Bruce decides to help him, since they're pretty much after the same people. The duo ends up in the desert and finds Joker selling the missile to some pretty bad people, uh, some terrorist organization. Uh, they start taking apart all of the bad guys in the desert. It's dark, so you know they have that working for their advantage. And in the distance, Joker sees that happening. He goes, "Wait a minute, Batman's even here!" Like he just—it's just blowing his mind that Batman is in the Middle East while he is in the desert. So Batman just shows up, but Joker tries to escape. The cover is he gives the launch codes of the missile to the lead terrorists. But before anyone could reach the guy to shut it down, he puts in the launch code and everything, and it blows up on the launcher. Now, the Joker was the one that put this apart and put it back together again. And, of course, he's not going to do a good enough job. Batman even kind of makes light of this. Like, well, Joker's not a nuclear scientist, so he wouldn't know how to take it apart and put it back together again. Thankfully, the nuclear warhead doesn't detonate and just... The only thing that got blown up was the Joker's money, the launcher, and the trailer. Now, Joker pretty much vanishes into the desert because he's distraught that he doesn't have his missile, he doesn't have his money, so he doesn't know what to do. So he just walks off into the desert. But we do end up seeing him a little bit later on. Uh, He was seen with one of the other ladies on Jason's list anyway a little later on. Now, while they're questioning the thugs, he ends up running into the First Lady on his list, Charmin Rosen. She ends up saving them from a bad guy that caught him from behind. Uh, He asks her kind of, you know, all these questions and everything. But in the end, it turns out that she is not his mom. So they set off to find the next potential choice on his list, Lady Shiva. Now, while Bruce and Jason are on the trail of Joker, Joker, it turns up, that he knows Sheila Haywood, the last person on his list. She's working in a makeshift medical center in Ethiopia because she's a a doctor. Now, Joker's dialogue reveals when he does run into her that they used to have some dealings back in Gotham City, and he used to cover for her a little bit while she was doing some shady operations when she was still living in Gotham. Uh, They have a little brief exchange, and he offers not to reveal to her current employers, what her past was like, because obviously she hid all that, in exchange with him just taking several trucks worth of medical supplies that they have. She kind of feels like she's backed into a corner, and since it is Joker, she's got to comply. Now, meanwhile, Batman and Robin finally find Lady Shiva, and she puts up a fight because she's like, okay, why are you guys after me? And they do get the best of her. They tie her up, and they're trying to talk to her, but she refuses to answer any of her their questions. How weird Will they be? Like, did you have a baby in Gotham City a long time ago? And she's just not answering. So, Batman injects her with some truth serum, because truth serum exists in the DC universe. She does admit that she's never had children. So, Jason's kind of distraught right now, but he kind of feels that, like, the best case is that Dr. Haywood. So, they go to Ethiopia. They find her camp. Now, Joker has already taken off for a while with the trucks and everything like that. And Bruce introduces himself and introduces her to Jason. As soon as she hears the last name Todd, she has this like look on her face like, oh, she knows who he is. So Jason immediately just gives her a big bear hug and calls him mom and everything. And they do a little brief exchange of what happened. She was in a bad place. Uh, she just brought him over to uh, his dad and she had nothing to offer him. So she just turned over her rights and then took off to go find herself and hopefully make a better life for herself. Now, Bruce ends up giving them some bonding time. He goes... Away just so they can have uh, time alone. But it's cut short because Sheila has to go meet with the Joker for that truck arrangement. So she tells Jason she will be back shortly. Jason ends up following her because he thought that was a little bit weird that all of a sudden she just gets up and leave. But he ends up spotting the Joker. Now, if that was an impulsive Jason at the time, since he's calmed down a little bit, he thinks about it and needs to go tell Bruce. So he ends up stealing a motorcycle and finds Bruce. Uh, He tells Bruce that the Joker is with his mother. He's getting ready to leave with some trucks. So Bruce gets into his Batman costume, tells Jason to stay put, stay away from everything, and he'll deal with the Joker. So he heads off to where the trucks are going to be and hopefully catch the Joker. But in typical Jason fashion, he does not listen. He ends up going back to find his mom, talks with her a little bit. But he ends up revealing that he can help her because he is Robin. Now, she kind of has a little... Blind reaction to it. It doesn't really do anything. It says, okay, follow me. So she ends up taking him into another part of the warehouse, but it's a trap. She set up her own son, and there's a bunch of uh, Joker goons and the Joker. Uh, He does uh, get a little far in the fight, but he ends up being overpowered, and the Joker starts beating him up, and he uh, starts wailing on him with a crowbar. And you see off-camera, that, off-page actually, that he does end up beating him pretty bad. Now Batman catches up with the convoy of the trucks, but he realizes Joker's not on it and it's too late. And he kind of puts it together that Jason probably didn't listen and he's got to go back. Uh, Jason wakes up from the uh, mess with his mom tied up. He's just laying on the floor a mess, but there's a bomb in the corner and she yells at him that there's a bomb in the corner. But he's too messed up to be able to even consider thinking about undoing the, the bomb and dismantling the bomb. So he unties her and they try and escape the, the warehouse that they're in. But the door is locked. She tries to, to get the door open, but it is too late, Now the bomb just explodes right before Batman could get to the building. He drives up and boom. Now here's the interesting part of this event. At the end of the issue, DC put a full-page ad right after that explosion. They let the readers decide Robin's fate. Now to my knowledge, this hasn't been done since then in comic book history, and I'll post the ad on my Instagram along with the issues to show you what the full-page ad was. Basically, it had an ad of, what's Robin's fate, we're leaving it up to you. They had a 1-900 number that you could call to vote if he lives. And there was another 1-900 number to vote that he doesn't make it. Now, they gave it a few weeks before they published the issue, so that way they could print the right final page. They had a final page for each uh, ending if you will, based on the votes. Now, they kind of had to do that back in the day because of the time crunch. Now, if you get the graphic novel of the event, it also has one I'm going to cover next week, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, it is the graphic novel called Death in the Family. It also has a page at the end that shows the other ending if the vote went a different way. Uh, so, spoiler alert, many people voted that they didn't make it. They didn't like Jason Todd as Robin. Uh, it had only been a few years since the Dick Grayson had left to become Nightwing, so people were just not into this new Robin, uh, the way he was and everything like So I think it was kind of shocking to DC to, to find that they did end up uh, voting to kill him off. And like I had said earlier, this was the first time that they had tried it. And to my knowledge, they haven't tried this again. And it's just a monumental thing. They're like, well, instead of us trying to find out the fate, let's just let the readers decide. So they did have to have, you know, to cover for each scenario. So anyway, uh, the next issue starts with Batman searching the rubble. He finds Sheila Haywood. Uh, She says that her son was brave. He protected her from the blast. He shielded her from the blast. And then she ends up passing away. Uh, He puts her down, covers her up, and he starts looking for Jason. And it doesn't take him long to actually find him. He checks his pulse, and he does find that he is dead. Now, the flash forward a a little bit, the authorities arrive on the scene to local authorities. Bruce has to explain to him that his ward was in the building in an explosion with his mother. Uh, it was a accident or whatever. And his inner monologue tells that he removed all the evidence that the Joker did it and removed his uniform and everything like that. So he said he's going to take care of the funeral arrangements. so he, he ends up taking both uh, bodies back to Gotham City. And they do show a little brief funeral for anybody that knew Jason Todd. It was uh, Commissioner Gordon, his daughter Barbara, uh, Alfred, and, you know, of course, Bruce. So it was a small little ceremony. So before heading back to Gotham, if let's wind back a little bit. Batman ends up finding Joker's warehouse in Iran where he had everything stored and everything. He finds all of his goons dead due to the Joker gas and all the smiles on the faces of all of the bad guys that are dead. And there's a little message written, Bats, see you soon, 42nd and 1st. So we cut to the Joker still in Iran and he's with some officials and he ends up meeting the Ayatollah with a, a deal to be made and he's taken aback that that would happen he's like kind of speechless and it was one of the first times Joker has been speechless so he ends up becoming the ambassador to Iran for the UN now that uh that has some things going on with it in the background. You don't really see anything. But then eventually you do end up seeing Joker come to the States. Uh, So that's in the the next part of the story there. After the funeral, uh, Batman is in front of the U.N. because he sees a sign. He figures out that it's not in Gotham. It's the U.N. based on the addresses and everything. So Batman's standing out in front of the U.N. building. Nothing out of the ordinary there. Then Superman drops down and he's like, why are you here? Apparently, the U.S. government knew Batman was going to be there, but Batman doesn't know why yet, and they told Superman to keep an eye on him. So he's like, okay, what's going on? Batman doesn't know why, and Superman's being kind of cryptic. He said, you'll find out shortly. So suddenly, this car pulls up, and Joker gets out of it in Middle Eastern garb, saying he's an ambassador now. So Batman's all shocked and everything, and he gets really mad at this. Uh, The next issue starts with uh, he's in a CIA office with Superman, and the agent's laying it down for him. And since he's a U.N. ambassador now, he has diplomatic immunity from every crime that he's done ever, and Batman can't go after him for anything. Uh, Superman knows something's weird going on like that, but he doesn't exactly want to say, and obviously because they know each other's secret identities. Uh, The government did send Superman to make sure he doesn't do anything, though. Now, something to mention, though, that in the comics— Uh, At this point, Batman and Superman have been best friends for years, so they know each other's secret identities. They got to know each other. Uh, Superman questions uh, about uh, Jason's death and everything like that, and he's like, you sure Joker did it? He's like, I'm pretty sure Joker did it, Uh, but the CIA doesn't know that, so uh, uh, Superman tries to appeal to Bruce Wayne's side of Batman, and he knows it's still raw about Jason being dead, but he knows Batman's not going to listen. So a little bit later on, uh, Bruce Wayne's in his uh, hotel in New York, and he does make connections, and he ends up getting connections to become a, uh, a, a visitor during the UN, where Joker is supposed to be making a speech the next day. So he defies everybody and ends up appearing in Joker's uh, embassy, embassy room. Uh, he gets Joker to basically admit he's the one that killed Robin. He's like, thank you. Up until now, I didn't exactly know that you were the one that did it, but make sure that you're going to pay. And ends up Batman ends up taking off. So the next day is the Joker speech in front of the UN assembly. The new Iranian ambassador is making a speech to the UN. Uh, he ends up uh, Bruce Wayne ends up being an observer at the meeting, and everyone's like, "Oh, Bruce Wayne's an uh, uh, an observer today." Uh, so the Joker comes in, and there's a little bit of an awkward exchange, and they didn't cover it exactly at that moment. But there's a part where Joker comes in, and he stops at Bruce Wayne, and they look at each other. And Bruce's inner monologue is saying, does he know who I am? I know who he is, but does he know who I am? Joker ends up laughing and just goes up on stage. So Joker's giving his speech to the uh, UN about Iran and how he's the new ambassador and how they're going to be getting some respect now and everything. And he ends up just going on to a tangent like Joker ends up doing, rambling on. He ends up pulling off his garb. He's got his Joker purple costume underneath of it. And he's got Joker gas tank strapped to his chest with some spray guns. So he ends up starring spraying his uh, Joker gas all over the place. Batman's trying to change really quick during the commotion because he has a Batman costume on underneath. But he sees a security guard push Joker away. He ends up sucking the gas in. Now it's a big guy with a mustache. But it ends up being Superman. He disguised himself to get close enough to the Joker as a security guard just in case anything happened. So Superman sucks in all the Joker gas and flies away to blow all the gas out into space or whatever. But that wasn't Joker's whole plan. Batman tries to to get the jump on him, but he ends up setting bombs off in the chamber. Joker was able to set off, plant some bombs and everything. So he ends up hurting a bunch of people and Joker then makes a mad dash to the door since he spots Batman. They have a little bit of a chase to a helicopter pad where Joker had been planning on escaping. Batman jumps on board, but the Joker goons start shooting at him right away. Uh, One of them hits Batman in the arm, and the other one hits Joker right in the chest. But it also takes out the pilot as well. So Batman jumps out of the helicopter before the helicopter crashes, and it blows up in the Hudson River. Uh, Superman swoops down, gets Batman out of the water, but he's screaming, Find the body! Find the body! So Superman dives into the water, tries to find the body, comes back and says that he can't find it. Joker ended up getting away, and Batman is still left somber and ticked off that he couldn't get his revenge on the Joker. Now this is one of the most pivotal moments in Batman's history, one of the big things that kind of left a mark on Batman throughout the years, and there's a couple of different storylines that we'll eventually get to that cover how this left a mark, and Uh, Jason's legacy and things like that. Um, Another one is called A Lonely Place and Dying, which is going to be next episode of the podcast. It deals with Batman kind of reeling from the events and just a ticked off kind of not really caring Batman and what that does to him, how it affects Alfred. Um, Now Dick Grayson comes into picture in this next storyline, A Lonely Place and Dying, since he is the original Robin, but he had for the year, a couple years before that, had been with the Teen Titans, which are now called the New Titans uh, at this point in time. And he goes by the name of Nightwing, he's their leader. And he takes some time off from being in the Titans, and he kind of does his own adventure and everything. But the way the storyline is going to end up working, uh, he ends up coming back and trying to see what's going on with Batman and help him figure out what's going on. Now, it's a quintessential part because uh, Batman eventually does have, in a capsule in the Batcave, and you've seen this throughout the years, uh, it's a capsule of Jason Todd's uniform. Now, it had been covered— briefly, in one of the movies. Uh, this The whole storyline doesn't really fit into the movies, and uh, DC movies at this point, uh, but there is a part in Batman versus Superman where Bruce is in the Batcave, he's brooding over his Bat costume, and then he ends up walking by in a display case, and it's a Robin costume, and it's got green spray paint on it, and it says, ha ha, the joke's on you, Batman. Now, the fans, we've kind of inferred that this was Jason Todd. It didn't really say anything. There was no dialogue that told us that. But in an interview, uh, Zack Snyder did say that this was indeed Jason Todd's uniform. So it kind of makes you wonder if the events played out in the movies like that, since we never got to, to see anything like that with Ben Affleck's Batman. But it does look like it does leave a mark on him, and Ben Affleck does a really good job of showing it by just staring at the costume. Now, in in the comics, it does affect them in the same way, and the costume is still in the display case for years to come uh, as it just shows the effect of what happened to the storyline. Now, the next uh, episode, we're going to be talking about A Lonely Place and Dying. Uh, I'll kind of give you a little preview of it uh, that I I just gave a few moments ago, but there's a a plot plot of other things going on. Uh, We're introduced kind of surprisingly uh, at this point to who ends up being the next Robin. His name is Tim Drake. Now, I thought, I kind of thought it was a little too soon to do this, but DC probably figured Batman needs a Robin, and it is kind of shown in, in the storyline in the comics and in through some dialogue in the comics that Batman does need a Robin, and uh, what this leads up to is the eventuality of the third Robin and the one that kind of had... One of the longest reigns of Robin ends up being Tim Drake. Uh, Tim ends up being a long-standing member of the Bat family as Robin and has a lot of adventures. There's a lot that uh, goes on with uh, uh, his storylines eventually. And he kind of comes to grip with uh, Batman, I mean, kind of comes to grip with Batman probably does need a Robin My opinion, and you can please let me know, uh, you can email me, uh, briothecomicbookguy at gmail.com, and what you think about this. I think they kind of rushed in it too fast. Maybe uh, they thought that Batman always needed a Robin, they just immediately needed to jump in. But it seems to me that kind of the effects that they laid the groundwork for, that this really bothered Batman that Jason died, they didn't give it enough time to process, really. It kind of jumped right into a new storyline, and there it was. But I, I understand that they, they did need another Robin eventually. And I don't know. That's just my opinion that they jumped it to, to fa- too fast. Uh, maybe showcase some Solo adventures of Batman still gripping with it. Kind of ease into him finding it. But he's kind of sort of thrown into having another Robin. So that's uh, what we're going to cover in the next episode of Comic Book Storyline. A Lonely Place in Dying. Now, as I said previously, I'll post the pictures of it. The individual issues are easy to find. Uh, I've pretty much found them everywhere. And every time I get a a copy of the last part of Lonely Place and Dying, I end up grabbing it because it's just a great issue. It is in a graphic novel, as I said. And the whole graphic novel is under one title, A Death in the Family. Now, it covers everything... Uh, in this episode and next episode so it's a combination of everything and i'll post those pictures on my instagram as well and it's just some beautiful work done by jim starlin marv wolfman george perez because it's obviously it's george perez art so how can you not like that the late george perez but uh that is what we are going to be covering next time on comic book storylines i hope you've enjoyed thus far what we have covered and feel free to find me on instagram at Bri the comic book guy you can see all the pictures i posted from previous episodes on there as well so until next time we will be covering a lonely place in dying see you next time on comic book Storyline.